Blog Talk Radio. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on it. 
hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Festivani. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Keep It Magic. It is December the 11th, 2012, exactly, um, I think, um, 10 days till the end of the world. So we are glad that you are all here uh, with us. Um, of course, I'm Storm Sestavani, and I'm here with the wonderfully talented and gifted Miss Jackie Smith. Uh, to reach us off the air, of course, go to www.keepitmagic.com and also visit our sponsor, um, which is Coventry Creations. If you have a problem in your life, Regardless of what that problem is, we have a candle for that. So make sure that you cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com. It is through your patronage of the show, or through the patronage of the Coventry website, that we're able to keep the show on the air. And we thank you um, for all of the candles that you all buy each and every week. We just love it. So it is amazing. Um, we love we love every one of you for listening. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, we love I'm always honored. For one of you for, for I know. I, when, we, when people stop me and, and start chatting and say, I was listening to the show and blah, 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 and I'm like, wow, wow, you're listening. I, I, I mean, wow, it's amazing. Does that freak you out? A little bit. It, it doesn't freak me out. It humbles me. It humbles me, really, because I'm like, you spent, you, you took the time to um, either tune in live, you know, watching the clock and um, et cetera. You know, you, um, somebody taking that time or taking the time to download. And, and that's just that's the whole process. It's just really interesting to me and really humbling. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, I find it interesting when people send me emails um, mm-hmm. in regards to uh, the show. They're always uh, nice and interesting, and they tell us about all the things that they learned. And um, they find it very, very fascinating that you have a Kabbalist um, and a pagan together doing a show. Somebody keeps logging yeah. onto my account um, <laughs> and knocking me out of the chat room. I will hex them. Um, oh, yes. You know what's funny is is um, my browser blew up on me and I'm trying to log back in as co-host and it, I have it on as co-host so that's me sorry oh, yeah I won't hex you um, if it was if it was my BFF he would have been hexed um. <laughs> um, so um, I'm ha- I'm not going to be in the chat I'm just gonna just gonna be over here doing my thing <laughs> yeah I'll monitor the chat until. You know, we get a break, and then we have time for Jackie to come in um, <laughs> um, without one of us not having control of the show. <laughs> so uh, it's an interesting week. Um, I'm seeing a lot of stuff already go up, Jackie, in regards to the 12-12 stuff tomorrow. Right. 12-12, you know, it's going to be, it's the beginning of the shift. Well, I thought that the shift began on 11. I'm, I'm confused about the whole shift. Which day is the shift? Uh, I don't know. You know what? You know what? I'll tell you when the shift is. It's when it's at 3.30 any day 
of the week when my morning person over at the Candlewick shop goes home and my afternoon person <laughs> comes in. That's when the shift. At least she didn't say it was at 420. Yeah. Well, no, that's a different kind of shift. But, um, yeah, well, tomorrow I have a I have a, a meeting tomorrow at, at noon. So when I got the meeting notice, I said, so we're meeting on 12, 12, 12 at 12. Are we trying to take over the world? Because that's what that's what the taking over the world moment is. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really confused about this whole shift. I mean, it has me completely baffled. Yeah. So, I, you know what? It, somebody had to make it up. Yeah. Somebody had to have that internal vision to make it up to say this is what's going on. You know what? There's always somebody almost every day of the week that says the world's ending today, tomorrow, the other day. Yeah. Um, it's that, that's that adage that one of my teachers um, said to me is that, the world is ending as they know it for somebody every moment of every day. Yeah. The world as they know it's ending. So, I mean, you can look at that positive, negative, um, but it just puts it in in perspective that it's it's somebody shifting every moment of every day. I just was talking to somebody who said they somebody does this like self communication with them. I forget what they called it and. And, you know, and I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that at all. I just was like, I started thinking about the shift and and people making it up. And I was thinking, well, this person is actually ha- going through an energetic shift in this moment. Yeah. As she's, as she's going through that healing. So I'm I'm done with this whole end of the world stuff. You know what? I'm going to worry about it when it happens. We only have two more weeks to talk about it, and then we're going to be dead anyway, so. Yeah. And, and you know, who knows? The math is probably wrong. Yeah. And then I love the one thing with a oh we found the other calendar, it was behind the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I I imagine some Mayan dude sitting there going, I'm just tired. I'm done with this. I'm done with this project. This is stupid. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. You know, meanwhile he'd been working for forty years on it, you know, so and uh is yeah. uh, absolutely uh, fascinating. But uh, I will tell you that because next week I will be doing the weather for winter. Um, and uh, I'll be talking about all of that interesting thing. I did look at the ingress, and it doesn't show me that anything is going to come to an end. So it's okay. kind of fascinating okay. to me. Yeah. Okay, good. Good to know. I'm, I So basically I'm going to make sure I pay my credit card bills and my cable bill and my phone bill. I know a lot of people that aren't paying for anything. I know some accurate. people that are not purchasing Christmas gifts this year because of the shift. So well, I'm thinking our, to myself, what are they going to Well, have? they're going to have they're going to have egg on their face when they have to go up, show up uh, uh, at, at some solstice celebration. They got nothing to offer. Yeah, exactly, and that is you know Yule, you know, so it is uh, going to be uh, pretty interesting. Uh, we live in interesting times. We do. You know, when a when a little Korean man not speaking in English can get a number one song on the Billboard charts, we live <laughs> in interesting down. times. Do you know? Do you know your BFF plays that like every day? I love that song. I'm just like totally obsessed with it, and I have a mild crush on him. <laughs> I do. I mean, I have a little mild crush on Sai. I don't know why he's a chubby, chubby little guy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's just something endearing about him. He's just got some attitude, and he's, he's just having fun. I guess he's like a programmer or something. He was a geek. He's a computer geek. 
And, um, well, he went to Boston University for uh, for um, music, and then he went to uh, some other uh, some other college. And his joke is is that he, you know they say oh you know they must be really happy you're in college. And he said I was a freshman for four years because he never went to class. And he was also telling a story on um, on air with Ryan Seacrest. He was ta- because in Korea when you're born. Instantly, you're in year one, okay? So the next day, okay, you're in year two, Jackie. So that would make us a hell of a lot older. Um, You know, you would be um, 46 years old. Okay, so we need going. to stay away from Asia. That's all I'm saying, girl. Because we'll have to, you know, the moment that you hit Asia, they, the oil of OA is going to have to go on. Um, oh, wait, they age you by two years. Yes. So I'm not two, having it. You're two years older, and uh, so when he came over to the United States to go to college, of course, he was the legal age to buy liquor. So he didn't know, you know, and all of these people that were in his dorm room, you know, he was the only, uh, you know, Asian that was in his dorm, and it was an all, pretty much, he says, an all-white college. And he was there, and he goes, how do I become friends with his people? And he got this clever idea that he was going to go get booze, okay? So he went down, and he got some uh, uh, Korean vodka. Now, Korean vodka. Soju, my favorite. <laughs> Korean vodka, soju, um, can probably, you know, clean paint off of uh, paintbrushes. It's so let me potent. let me tell you something about Korean vodka. It doesn't hit you right away. Well, here's the thing, Jackie. He got all of these bottles of Korean vodka, and these little white kids that couldn't handle it were all uh-huh. getting drunk in the dorm and throwing up, and there ended up to be five ambulances there. It's just amazing. And now he's he's got, you know... One of the number one, the top songs of the year. How many versions there are? Do you know how many versions of Gungam Style there are now? Oh, my God, it's hilarious. I know. And and so your BFF, what he does is he puts it on, um, he always has his earpiece, and so he puts it on his phone during meetings. So he can listen to it. No, no, he just listens to it while people are talking. So basically, he watches their lips move, and he can hear the song. Because it's amazing how many times they're in sync. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, well, they now have the last Christmas from Wham, the Gangnam Styles uh, uh, version. It is uh, uh, pretty interesting. So, <laughs> um, they're saying that they thought he was saying oh, open condom now. It's oop, 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 Gangnam Style. <laughs> yeah. Oop, 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 Gangnam Style. You know, um, I have no idea what it, what it means, but, you know, supposedly the, the song is about um, part of Korea that um, during the day that they're really all noble and proper and dignified and sophisticated, and at night they're crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's about a girl that is a little bit of a wild woman um, in the clubs, and this very proper guy is trying to get her, and he's trying to convince that he has the right, Gangnam Style. So it's it's fascinating. The fascinating things that we listen to. I mean, we haven't seen this much craziness since 99 Shuffle Balloons. <laughs> True. <laughs> or or um, Amadeus. Yeah, Rock Me Amadeus, Amadeus in Germany. I mean, Falco. I mean, I don't know. By the way, that song was number one in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. 
And this is all off the top of your head, huh? Yeah, Jackie knows that I have, like, the billboard encyclopedia but <laughs> in my head. Um, it stayed number one for three weeks, by the way, um, and was removed by a, uh, a song by uh, Gloria Estefan. But, um, um, well, thanks for filling me in on all the billboard stats. Yeah, it's, appreciate it's, that. It's, well, that's a, I have no friends, you know. So, <laughs> well, I have about eight now, so it's it's pretty exciting. Um, hey, hey, and listen, let me tell you something. I was watching some Facebook, and people were thanking you for some Keurig. Mhm. Would, would you send out Keurigs for Christmas? I blessed somebody with a Keurig. I'm I'm a little jealous. You want me to bless you with a Keurig? I I don't want one, and I'm like, where's my Keurig? Where's my Keurig? Come on, we have a radio show, Taylor. And you know I'm messing with you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But if it one showed up, I wouldn't I wouldn't send it back. I would not take it out of bed for having crumbs. I almost (laughs) I almost sent you five pounds of hot dogs. (laughs) That I could never eat. Yeah, and, and you know the whole story behind it. So, uh, right. you know, it's it's how many points that they are. And these right. ones are like... Uh, yeah, a Twinkie is less points in Weight Watchers than a hot dog. Yeah. So I was going to send you like five pounds of hot dogs, you know, so it would be like a wonderful joke, you know, um, which would probably sit in the freezer until we're dead. But well, um, Phoenix, as long as they're beef hot dogs, Phoenix would eat them. Uh, honey, these are not beef. I don't know what's in them, but they're uh, they're the best hot dogs. And here's the thing that I look at it with them, because, you know, I'm really not supposed to eat those kinds of things. But um, I look at it like this. I did not see the pig. <laughs> what, are you talking about, like, Nathan's or something? No, they're called Glacier Hot Dogs. Um, oh. They're only available in New York. It's the only place that you can buy them. Um, and they're, like, the best hot dogs that you've ever put in your entire mouth. And uh, it's uh, just completely fascinating and wonderful. And, you know, you, you can't boil them. You have to fry them or grill them so you know that they're really um, uh, dangerous. But you know what? Jackie, the two of us may have to have, to have a hot dog party one day. You know what? I'm not going to touch it with a temporal hole because there's, that's a there loaded There will be rumors statement. about Jackie and I that we have Peter Beaver. You know? <laughs> Having a hot dog party. Yeah, we're having a hot dog party and watching Peter Fever. So <laughs> it's um, oh my god, pretty pretty interesting. <laughs> we're in um, Hanukkah, Hag Sameach. Hey, happy Hanukkah! You're not going to try it again, are you? No. Okay. Hag okay, Sameach, everybody. Go slow. Um, happy, happy Hanukkah. We're in the third day of Hanukkah. It'll be the fourth day in about twenty minutes. Um, yeah, but, but say, say it again and, and go slow. Hag. Hag Shemeach. Shemeach. Hag Shemeach. Yeah. And that's, that's, it means what happy is holidays. that? Oh, happy holidays. So I got to tell you a little story. Yom Kippur. We're, we Kabbalists are pretty lazy if you think about it. We have the same thing for every holiday. Hag Shemeach. You know. <laughs> so um, I have to tell you a little story um, okay. from Sunday night. I'm I'm uh, uh, driving around to cool off my hot head after having a teenager in my house uh, who lives there, um, who I gave birth to, who I was trying not to kill, and and I'm driving around and <laughs> I'm I get stopped from driving just just taking out the one big road out because there's like a mile long train of people with uh, menorahs lit up on top of their cars. Can can you explain that? 
it just sounded to me like it was a Hanukkah party. I mean, I don't know what's about this. I, you know, I light menorahs in my house and in a temple. I'm not doing it in, on top of my car. I was, and and they had um, the right amount of of candles on the electric menorah on top of their cars lit. I'm not even kidding you. It was like a mile it like long. A, it sounds like a parade of Jews. It it was the parade of Jews. Did they have three candles lit? They had the one in the center, right? Uh-huh. Which is lit all the time, right? Yeah. And then they had two lit on the one side, which is the, the you know, one day and two day, right? Which stands for the first one is Bina, the second one is Hesed, oh. the third one is Gevura, because there's eight, um, all the way down to Malkut. Because, and we're going to talk about it in just a minute, but what we actually tap into during Hanukkah is being a consciousness. Okay. So, Let's talk about that. N- now that you know that. Um, one of the yes. interesting things about doing, simplifying into a radio show to talk about something as complex as Hanukkah is I don't actually get to cover every little bitch. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, so cover what you want. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, uh, I'm actually going to do more co- co- covering of Genesis than I am um, a couple of places in Genesis rather than I am the story that's in. Um, actually, it's not even in the in the um, uh, Tanakh, which is the Hebrew Bible. It's actually in the Catholic Bible, and it's in the book of Maccabees. Okay. Um, the book of Maccabees is uh, considered an apocryphal um, book of the Bible, so it's not in the Jewish um, uh, version. Um, it's not in the Protestant version either, but it is in the Greek and the Catholic version. So if you want to read the story of Hanukkah, you can, of course, go and read the Book of Maccabees. Um, I'm sure you can find a copy online, but I will tell you that that's where the story of Hanukkah is. Go forth and read. Um, and what it what it has to do with is that um, 2,500 years ago, um, you know, the Greeks were, of course, running around trying to take over everything, and um, they went to take over Jerusalem, which the Kabbalists described more as uh, 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 when they went to go take over Jer- Jerusalem, they uh, basically stated that the Jews could no longer practice any of their particular uh, religious customs. So, um, what happened in the temple is that there was enough. Uh, there was a dude called Me- uh, Meditayahu um, who had enough oil because the process of making olive oil, um, uh, Jackie, that is pure enough for the temple is two drops out of each olive. So it would take them eight days to basically make more oil for um, uh, for the temple. So basically what happened is, is that they lit up the, the uh, candle and the, can- the, the candelabra and it stayed lit basically for... Um, eight days. Here's the other interesting thing that I found in the Zohar, um, which I think that you'll find very, very fascinating, which I'm going to mention, and then we're going to take a break. Um, in the Zohar, it says that you should only cut oils with one thing. Olive? Olive oil. Mm-hmm. Which is what we use at Coventry. Um, well... Actually, um, olive olive oil is added to a few things, but it's not that that's not the what we always cut it with. So just just to, for for accuracy's sake. 
So, um, basically, with the particular oil that they say to use the, uh, uh, you know, the olive oil as the particular base, the reason being is that the word for olive oil, okay, the word for olive, and the word for petition or prayer um, in um, Hebrew add up to the exact same number. <laughs> You told me that before, and I forgot, and that's an amazing piece. Yeah, definitely is. Um, We're going to have more Hanukkah on the other side. Um, Make sure that you cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com and check out all of the wonderful candle lines, including mine, Storm Sestavani's Tarot Magic. uh, make sure that you get your holiday orders in there with the quickness. I would say this week at the latest to make sure that they're there for you um, by Yule or by Christmas or whatever it is that you celebrate. We'll be back on the other side with more Hanukkah and then the next step in our anti-scrooge spell. So don't touch that dial. We'll be back in a flash. I'm alone. 
And welcome back to Keep It Magic, everybody. I'm Storm Sestavani, and I'm here, of course, with the wonderfully talented Jackie Smith. Cruise on over to www.keepitmagic.com and check out all of uh, the wonderful articles that we put up each and every single month for your viewing pleasure. How's that? One of these days, you're going to surprise me, and you're going to say, with the average and mediocre, Jackie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the average and mediocre. No, I would just, you know, the... Uh, I would think of something yeah, more creative than that. You know, the sea hag Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she has on her Halloween costume this week, the sea hag Jackie. Um, <laughs> so it'll be complete. No, I couldn't do anything like that. That would actually be mean, and I'm not a mean person. Okay, so I cut out people's murders in prison. <laughs> <laughs> They're in prison. I mean. <laughs> Uh, that would be like helping not them even, out. I'm not even going there. Yeah, it, I'm not it, even it's going there. Of, like you said, ironic <laughs> and <laughs> hilarious at the same time. <laughs> I'm not even going there with you. We're not talking about this. Okay, we'll get out of the dark, dark, dark now and back into the light. Um, well, talk. About, speaking of the light, what did you tell me yesterday about um, the happy holiday about Hanukkah? It, it's really, it's really, really important about. When you pray. I'm going to get to it. Um, okay. There is a term in Kabbalah, which is called, we talked a little bit about it at Sukkot, which was called Or, which is the surrounding light, um, which is our work field. And we can use okay. the particular period of Sukkot to control our environment. Um, there is a different kind of Or that is available during Hanukkah, which is called Or Haganus. Um, and basically what Or Haganus is, is the concealed light. Now, um, in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, at the very beginning, let me get my Bible. Because oh, it's always handy in your back It's always handy, you know. Um, it, it sits right next to me all day and all night. Um, it makes you a better person than I, apparently, so keep going. Okay, in the Bible... During the first part, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and an empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of the very deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. Now, the translation here for the word moving means actually hovering or brooding over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. And he approved it, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. Now, here is the interesting thing, is that God has not yet created the sun or the moon or the stars or the constellations or anything else. That's all that he has created um, is a thought and, or an idea. Um, and uh, he said, let there be light. He didn't say, he didn't create anything. Um, when you go further into the creation story, um, of course, God eventually creates the sun and the moon um, and the uh, uh, the constellations and the zodiac and the stars and separates the heaven from the earth and everything else. Um which, when that happens, Jackie, of course, we can then have a physical 
manifestation of light because the sun is a star and it creates light. Um, and the moon is a satellite which reflects the light of the sun. Um, and, of course, the stars out there are their own stars, so they're creating their own light as well. Now, what that first bit of light is, is called Or Haganus. Um, and it means that there is a particular light that is available um, in the darkness. And, wh- and when you think about the Hanukkah story, it is when they were kind of pushed to their lowest point. Um, uh, when they uh, are, you know, all of their, they're told that they can't practice their spiritual beliefs. They can't do anything. They're running out of oil. Um, uh, you know, the, the Greeks are attempting to disrupt their spiritual system in one day. Um, and out of the moment of their lowest, okay, they're able to create enough, there is still enough oil for that candelabra to stay lit. So there's a miracle that is created. Um, and basically, what this means, Kabbalistically, is that it is often when we are at our very lowest point, when we have hit the bottom, where we have no choices, and where we have no options, where we think everything has died, everything is messed up, everything is screwed up, my whole life is just a pathetic blunder, we're in the ditch. I was there a year and a half ago, I know exactly what it feels like. Um, uh, and basically, that's all that you have, Jackie, is the ability to have faith and the ability to believe in something. Um, uh, and basically, it is in that particular period of darkness, okay, that Kabbalah states that we're able of, take, uh, of creating the biggest miracles because of the fact that that is where the concealed light always is. It's when everything looks completely dark and abysmal, it's concealed yep. light. Yeah. You're not you're not fighting it anymore. You got nothing to lose. Well, also the satan is not interested in you at that moment. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a very good point. So, and and you said something really profound about that yesterday, which was that um, it's in those moments that that we forget to ask for for what yeah, we want. Yeah, when we're going through the through the giant um, caca storm. Um, you know, and everything seems to be crazy. We have a tendency to just pray and ask God or light candles or whatever, and light protection candles. And you know, oh my God, if only um, uh, you know this situation goes away and it moves out of my life and it goes, you know, and I can move forward, everything will be just fine. And basically, what the Kabbalists state is that it is at the moment of darkness that we should ask for everything. Um, the reason being um, is that there is no Satan consciousness really there because of the fact that the Satan is not interested when you're in depression, pain, you're feeling like things are unfair. Um, there is absolutely no energy there um, where that is concerned, of, of the Satan energy. Satan likes to hit you when you're doing well. Right, because there's more, more to grab, more... Um... You can go into doubts. Uh, you know, there's right. no doubt, or uh, you know, in being um, at the bottom of the barrel, you're there. You know, <laughs> it's a fact. And basically, you know, the uh, the issue here is is that 
basically when you are at the bottom of the barrel, that is basically where you are capable of creating the biggest miracles. Now, there is something else that is necessary um, for us to do during um, Hanukkah. The first thing that I want people to do is to take a look at their life and ask themselves the question, where are you not seeing the balanced picture? In other words, there's always two pictures to everything. Okay, there's the little picture, which is usually what is going on in your day-to-day life. You know, you're breaking up with your boyfriend, you're, you've lost your job, um, uh, you ran out of money, um, uh, all of your friends left you, um, uh, you have people that are coming against you, um, uh, you're depressed, you know, I can go on with the whole list. Right. Uh, you know, you have health problems. Um, that's the small picture. The big picture is where is this actually moving you to? Okay, what is the actual design underneath things? And, the, you know, believe me, I know what it's like to be there and be incapable of seeing a big picture whatsoever. Um, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we're, uh, 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 you know, and, you know, I will to share a little bit, Jackie, because you'll remember it well. When I was going through my um, uh, emotional breakdown a year and a half ago, I even told you, you know, I am so frustrated because I have tried everything. Candle, magic, Kabbalah, the Bible, you know, blah, 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 and a whole list, and I couldn't cure this. Right. It's very, very interesting that the moment that I was able to confess it, the moment that I was able to confess it, the moment that I was able to look at a bigger picture of it rather than just the small incidental uh, symptoms of it, that I was able to begin a process of recovery. So at all yeah. times, I think that it is, you know, basically what Kabbalah teaches is that at all times we need to be aware of the big picture. You know, why do you not have a job right now? Well, maybe the universe is moving you in a different direction and you're just not seeing it. Why do you have no money? Maybe you need to look at that, why you have poverty consciousness. Um, uh, or what it is that you're doing that may be blocking the money. Why are you um, overweight? Because you may not know what it feels like to be a hot, sexy ranger. Um, you know that there's a whole, uh, you know that there's a whole different uh, uh, picture there. Um, and basically, what they're stating is that it is necessary during this particular period, especially right now, for us to really take a look at where in our life we're not seeing the balanced picture. You know that that is. I'm just so amazed how things come together when we decide to. Um, work on a theme or or something like that because I came to doing the seventh step, the getting rid of your inner Scrooge, going from uh, poverty consciousness into prosperity from a completely different angle. And and I broke it broke the steps down slightly different just because we didn't have seven shows we only had four. Yeah. And and today we're talking about um open the gates of abundance and step aside. Yeah. The bone to the <laughs> and, left. Right, go on to the left because you're going to get trampled by your own goodness. Yeah. And and it's really the the reality of that the the awakening to that is so key to the Haganus that you're talking about. It's it's just right there, right connected to it. Because what we were talking about this weekend as we were prepping for the show that I wanted to talk about with this step six, which is um, multiplying your desire. Mm-hmm. Which is asking for everything, right? Yeah. How 
how key is this in, into Hanukkah and what we're talking about? I just, I just, I have to step step for a moment. And go, oh, this is like divine. So the explanation from two different directions without even knowing where we were connected. But when you you got to get to that crisis. And what I wanted to talk about today is that you know we've got the uh, getting comfortable in your own skin, which is step one. Um, identifying your limiting beliefs, which is step two. Clearing the negativity or flipping the script for yourself, which is step three. Um, step four is writing your own ticket, which is like deciding what you want. Step five is clearing your path. And step six is multiplying your desire. And you get to that place of multiplying your desire to crisis. Mm-hmm. You get to that place. You've walked through these different steps, and you've written your stuff down, and you've You've done your clearing and you've done um, flipping the script and you realize that how you're getting in your own way. But i got to tell you, until you feel it to the core of your being, until you hit your healing crisis, until you're, you're sitting there with your head on the back of your chair all twisted up sobbing to the core of your being um, or, or pulling your hair out or shaking your fist stick out or whatever and saying, what the hell's going on here? That's when the surrender happens. It happens through the crisis, and and it doesn't um, because you're still intellectualizing it through all of these different steps. Yeah. And 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 going through this for these four weeks with everybody and and being the cautionary tale in this whole process, um, going through this whole thing is I got to the crisis point. I got to the sobbing with my head on the pillow the um, shake in my fist that got the, the whole thing. I, I got to that because I was very intellectual through the whole process, and then you've got to get emotional. You have got to get emotional to say, um, to say, I feel it. I feel it in my spirit. I feel it in my soul. And I feel it, I feel it in, in the depths. You, you, know, you, get to the, you get to the bottom. And that's when, when you finally get to that bottom place where you're willing to surrender your ego, where you're willing to surrender having all the answers, that's when the gates open up. Yeah, because basically, you know, here here is a wonderful, um, and it's a story that the Baal Shem Tov, uh, uh, it comes from the Baal Shem Tov, who is a, uh, a 16th century Kabbalist. Um, there was a kid in town, and um, uh, he was, Dying, and the father went to the Balsham Tov and said, um, can you and your students pray for my son? He's dying. So the Balsham Tov says, you know what, I'll see what I can do. So him and his <laughs> students go and they pray, and they're praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And, uh, you know, basically the Balsham Tov gives a message that heavens are locked, that heaven is locked for this kid, that there was nothing that could be done. So the father comes back in the Balsham Tov. Um, you know, he says, well, were you and your students able to um, uh, to uh, help my son? And he said, no, there's not anything that we can do. You know, I'm sorry that there's not anything we can do. And basically the father says, there has to be something that somebody can do. My son just can't die. So the Baal Shem Tov meditates on a little bit, and he goes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out, and I want you to get ten of the biggest thieves in the city. It has to be ten, and it has to be the biggest thieves. Um, uh, so the guy goes, and he collects these ten thieves. 
and uh, the Baal Shem Tov sits down and he prays with these uh, ten sh- uh, thieves, and the father comes back and he says, well, you know, what happened? And he says, I want you to go home within a couple of days. Your, your child is going to be falling. He's, you know, been saved. And uh, the um, father says, well, how could these thieves do this when these ten righteous students could not? And the Baal Shem Tov says, because thieves are able to pick locks. Thieves are what? Thieves are able to pick locks. Heaven was locked. The gates of heaven was locked. Yeah. I love it. So the, the things are able to pick, to pick locks. So it is often, you know, when we're in that deepest, in that darkest place, that we're actually able to pick the lock to heaven um, and be able to open things up for us. The big picture thing, which I think is very, very important for us, Jackie, because, you know, when we're in our problem moments, we tend to look at the problem. This is the problem. And basically, there's two portions that are always read during um, Hanukkah. One is called Vayeshev, and the other is called uh, uh, Mitzvah. Um And um, basically, these two particular portions, in one of them, the story, there's an interesting story, in which, um, and it's a crazy, crazy story. Um, and one of the sons of Jacob, whose name was Judah, um, had sons. And his first son married a woman named Tamar, and uh, uh, the first son died. So in the uh, Jewish custom at that particular point, um, the second son would marry the wife um, in order to continue the perpetuity of the family. Um, So in this case, the second son died. Well, Judah was unwilling to give the third son, you know, because obviously this is a black widow here going on. Um, You know, she's just killing off all the sons. So. Tamar is banished, and uh, she's dealing with her uh, uh, craziness out there. And she ends up becoming a prostitute. And Judah goes to this town, and he's, uh, you know, decides, you know, well, you know what, I'm going to hook up with this prostitute. And then, uh, basically, uh, he, you know, hooks up with Tamar. He doesn't know that it's his daughter-in-law. Hooks up with Tamar, and she gets pregnant. And, uh... Uh, Judah, you know, then is notified, your daughter-in-law tomorrow is pregnant, we don't know who the father is, and Judah says, well, you know, we need to, we, we're going to have to kill her. So basically, you know, he goes off and he finds this prostitute, or, or tomorrow, and then he realizes that it is the prostitute, okay, and then he says that his sin was much worse than hers, so she was able to be saved. Now, let me tell you what comes out of that relationship. Now, you would think, Jackie, this is a crazy, dysfunctional mess of crazy. A little bit. Okay, a little bit. You know, it is like Jethro marrying Nellie Mae. Um, this is, uh, there's got to be some point in all this drama. Yeah, but, you know, the, the thing here is, is that in the Torah, Jackie, literally, he says, you know, my sin is greater than yours. Moving right along, it doesn't even mention it ever again. Here's what ends up happening. It is through Judah that the tribe of Judah is born. The tribe of Judah gives birth to King David. King David is the ancestor of Jesus. Probably the greatest Kabbalist that's ever lived. Um, So out of this sin and disdain and this craziness and this dysfunction and prostitution and adultery and having sex with your daughter-in-law, through this comes Jesus. Um... And uh, oftentimes I think that when we're in our particular problems, 
and we're only seeing the little itty-bitty tiny circumstance, that it is through that little itty-bitty tiny circumstance that actually something much bigger is driving the show. Because if it was not for Tamar and Judah hooking up, there would have been no Jesus. Well, that's a big deal. It's, uh, well, yeah, and it's really hard to know. I mean, this is where that trust comes in, that belief, that faith, that I'm, um, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, um, and that's when you, the surrendering helps. Well, I, th- I think that it does. I think that there's two messages there. I think that there's the message about surrender, and I think that there's the message also that no matter how bad your problem is, something somebody good can come has, out of it. Oh, I was going to say somebody has it worse. <laughs> no, something good can come out of it. I mean, even if you, you take it a little bit further, um, uh, uh, it is from the tribe of, uh, of Judah also that Rahab comes from, um, who Rahab, if you read the book of Joshua, she was a uh, madam who was running a whorehouse um, uh, that... What's about uh, the whores? Honey, I mean, they're all over the freaking place in the Bible. Um, concubines, whores, geishas, you know, you name it, they're in there. Um, uh, and basically it is because of Rahab um, that... Uh, 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 we get to King David as well, okay? So no matter, and also even Moses has kind of a little scandalous story behind him. So um, oh, yeah. it is, you know, often through the deepest and the darkest uh, issues um, that we're actually capable of creating the most light. I was I was listening to Morning Joe this morning, and and um, forgive oh, me for bringing this up. you went off the wagon? No, no, I never was on the wagon. It's on the, it's, uh, your BFF listens to it every day. It's on all the time. Okay. So, um, and, so for and people that don't know, my BFF is Jackie's husband. <laughs> so um, uh, I was listening to this morning, and they had some folks on, and they were talking about the curse of the second term of a pres- uh-huh. presidency, about how Reagan had the Iran-Contra scandal, that um, Bush had um, Iraq, uh, you know, there's no weapons of mass destruction, that, that Bill had Monica, you know. Yeah. And and that there's this curse of of the second term, and one of this one guy goes, no, there isn't. <laughs> there isn't a curse of the second term, because all these people created in their first, these presidents created in their first term. And my my attitude in that whole thing was, it wouldn't have been brought up if there wasn't a second term. Yeah. Um, if if Bill didn't win the second, this is all about gaining ground. The other political, um, uh, opposite party gaining ground that's all that there is to it so that the the next candidate can win and um what you know what i was listening to in this whole thing and what you were reminding me of is that is that that crisis and it and what some people see as this major crisis this disaster this worst thing in the world was actually a at the time a viable decision and and something that people fight about even now, saying, "Well, that was a great thing, and Reagan was the greatest president, et cetera, et cetera." And I'm not going to sit here and debate that because that's not what this point is about. Yeah, but look at how this this supposed curse of the second term, the supposed um, if you take um, a look at it though, Jackie, and let's think this out for a second. 
if there would have never been a Richard Nixon, right? There would have never been a Ronald Reagan, right? If there would have never been a Ronald Reagan, it wouldn't have been possible for there to be a Bill Clinton. If there wasn't a Bill Clinton, we wouldn't have had the ability to have, or if there wasn't a Bill Clinton, we wouldn't have had the first first lady in the United States become a senator. Right. Um, if it wasn't for Bush, we wouldn't have had the first African-American president. If it wasn't for the whole Democratic craziness that happened with election 2008, we wouldn't have had the first first lady sit as a secretary of state and will be the next president of the United States. So there's always a progression and a bigger picture. So you can actually go back to Richard Nixon and say, yo, Richard, because of you we have a black president and we will most likely have a woman next. Yay! <laughs> Yay! It, it's um, you're right. You are absolutely right. It's like all of these things that people are calling. Well, all the things that I'm looking at in my life that I'm calling crisis. I know we're we're laughing a minute ago um, about um, Storm plotting against people in prison. That whole story is about the fact that my first husband is in prison, and he did not go to prison because of me. That happened well after I divorced him, and um, and uh. But honestly, if there wasn't this crazy-ass man that I was married to, there wouldn't be a Coventry. Yeah. Because he was able to, what he brought a, a skill set um, to um, my life that allowed me to um, create those first candles, create the first molds, to to trash pick some PVC tubes and create the blessed herbal candles. Because I would have, have had no idea how to convert that into a mold to be used. So um, that would have been a stumbling block because I couldn't afford these metal, but fancy metal molds, these high fangled, that are what, new dollar? world fancy molds. That are what a dollar? <laughs> yeah, no, those no, they're about five. Okay. I think uh, they were they were almost ten dollars if I bought them retail. Um, and they certainly wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been that size. Um, so you know that was a huge crisis in my life, getting rid of him and. And, and moving on from him, and and um, it was it was I won't even go into the details, but I didn't know if I was going to make it. Literally, I mean, like literally, it was it was touch and go for a minute, <laughs> life threatening, and and that was a huge crisis in my life. I didn't know if I would, could get over. Yeah. And now I think about that, and I don't even know who that woman is. I mean, I'm such a different person today than what I than who I was then. I'm like, wow, there was some. Some interesting decisions that I made. Yeah. To get from there to here. Yeah. It, 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 uh, it, 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 to look at that bigger picture, um, which also what I what I'm finding um, magically, um, and through uh, uh, you know working on myself and through prayer and meditation, Jackie, is that it is often. Um, those particular things, when we get onto the other side of that and we're able to reflect a little bit and we're able to see the larger picture of what happened, oftentimes it's once we see that larger picture that we can actually go back to the past and we can correct some of those seed particular levels, okay? If you're going through problems in regards to Coventry or in regards to your business, it may be because there is still a seed of the ex-husband there that may need to be plucked or... Mm -hmm. um, uh, that there may be uh, particular seeds or forgiveness work or uh, things of that nature in regards to my life, in regards to dealing with my issues. But um, 
Uh, it, it is interesting because we wouldn't be who we are right now if it wasn't for our particular experiences. Okay, so therefore, even though those particular experiences were a complete doozy, and believe me, I've had some complete doozies, um, uh, we wouldn't be where we are today. So, so uh, you know, if we're looking at opening up the gates of abundance, you need a good lockpick. And, and, and that, um, so that meaning that... And go get a thief. Yeah. And, and have a thief light your candle. <laughs> <laughs> but but looking at that is is that to open up the gates you have to surrender at them. Yeah. You have you really have to surrender at them. And and this morning I have a we have a staff meeting on Tuesdays and we're um, talking about what's next for Coventry and and we've been up and down a roller coaster real tough the past three years, um, watching the market change, watching um, the stores that we sell to close. Um, which I'm going to stop. I realized this morning I have to stop talking about that. Um, the, the ones that we're going to close have closed, so we're, I'm done with that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to perpetuate that anymore. But um, we're setting some big goals. I've been learning new things. There have been, you know, that this whole, um, in, the, in a couple of different classes where people are really shooting for, um, break into the million dollar barrier for their business within the next couple of years, et cetera. And um, for myself, I, I had this big goal in mind and um, and I kind of put it out there and, and surrendered it and then, and then um, I I stopped judging it. And I got to tell you, that goal came crashing down around me where my staff came to me and said, well, if you want to meet this goal, we're going to have to... Um, increase production and sales by 48%. And I'm like, okay, well, to do that, what kind of cash is needed? We don't have that kind of cash on hand. How do we build up to that? What can be a reasonable goal? And and so we started really thinking about this and putting it out there. And in the meeting today, Patty said, you know, really, I don't care what the number is. I just want to heal Coventry's financial issues. Uh-huh. And we all went, Oh, that's it. And and there was this like audible again. I'm using that word surrender. This audible surrender of expectations, and into this place where we could all own and and get real and make it tangible. This goal of of healing our financial struggles. And what does that mean? And and as soon as Patty said that, we all knew what it mean meant. We all voiced the same thing on it, and then the rest of the meeting was around, well, would this heal our financial struggles or, or um, go towards healing it or, or exasperating it? And it was just easy. It became really easy because it, as crazy as it, that is, you know, we all said it doesn't matter if I if we sell a million or two million or 200,000. If, if we're running at a negative profit, it's stressful and it's not going to work. It doesn't matter if we sell two hundred thousand, a million, two million, if we're making a huge profit on it and we're comfortable and we're at a good clip and we're all making a good living, it's okay then too. Mm-hmm. And and so that is that that whole getting to that point of crisis. And and at one one last thing before we go to break, you know what's funny is what? my inner balance camel from last year. Yeah. Or last year, last week. <laughs> It drowned itself. Oh, interesting. Yep, it put itself out. And what does that okay. mean? Um, 
when I see a candle drowning itself or putting itself out, which is funny because I had lit a money draw candle prior to that and that put itself out too. Um, and um, so, and then I cleared it up. And I said, oh, let me do this different thing because obviously I'm not ready for this or I'm drowning in this or something's not working right. There's an energy that's blocking me. So I took that candle and I disposed of it. And then I said, well, let me, that's why I did the inner balance and the earth and the fertility. Let me find out what's going on. And then the inner balance put itself out. And this is two different holders. This isn't the same holder. Yeah. And I even then went and got those two candles because I can do this thing. And I experimented with them in the same holder somewhere else. They weren't fine because they weren't charged up. They weren't for a purpose. So I said, well, if the inner balance one went out, and the money one went out. That means I'm out of balance here. I'm looking at the wrong thing. And so I started, um, and then some, a bunch of crises happened right behind that. And then I started saying, show me, you know, show me what the balance is. Show me what the block is. Show me where I'm out of balance. Help me. I just said help me. Yeah. <laughs> help me get to the other side of this so so that, that we can, you know, become profitable in a business and grow with profit. Just show me. And and it really was a couple of new ideas, thought processes and really thinking about this going, Oh, I can I don't have to ride this expectation. I can be me. Yeah. So before I try and take over the world, let's get my world straight. That was the balance. That was the balance is my world wasn't straight and I was trying to take over the bigger world. So we gotta go to break. We have to go to break. Cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com. If you have a problem in your life, no matter what that problem is, whether it is love, romance, money, um, you need to find a job, you need to get rid of negative people in your life, you need to control your own negativity, we have a candle for that. So make sure that you check out our site and also check out our website, www.keepitmagic.com. We'll be back in a flash. Don't touch that dial. No 
Zeppelin. I'm shuffling. Top ramen. 
Um, so there can also be the other side of that, too focused on the big picture and not focused enough on um, the smaller picture. Or you can be very, very focused on the smaller picture and not on the bigger picture. The other thing to remember is that Satan makes us, uh, can make us feel very, very focused on things that we have done wrong or the problems in our lives. And we'll use every single tool available, including other people, um, to remind us of it. And I think that one of the things that we, um, in regards to moving to the next level, we have to realize that there's always kind of an internal war, the negative voices in our head that are kind of going on. And oftentimes just being aware of those negative voices, that they are the negative voices, is enough to help you reach your breakthrough. Right. Right. And and if you have to, um, and, and you have to revisit clearing the negativity or flipping the script or, or rewriting where you want to go and what you want to do because you realize the the ticket that you wrote yourself, eh, it's not quite where you want to go. You want to take that left turn to Albuquerque. You know, just revisit this, jump back and forth as you get closer and closer to that final breakthrough. And mm-hmm. and you're test, you're always testing, um, you're always being tested. And and you're, you, you like you said, Storm, the Satan is that is the other side, mm-hmm. it's the flip side of the divine that's coming in. So you're always testing yourself. Do I, am I really going to embrace the divine, or am I going to go back to what seems easier, which is um, things just being crap. It is kind of easier things being crap and expecting them to be crap because you know you won't be disappointed, yeah. meaning that that you can always fail. You can always actually um, succeed by failing. There you go. Yeah. So this a uh, step six, which is um, multiplying your desire. Uh, the, there's three candles that you want: the blessed herbal attraction candle, the money draw and the prosperity candle. So this stage of your spell is about opening up the gates of abundance and stepping aside so it all can come into your mansion. Um, and and that and I think that breakdown is that stepping aside, is the opening of the gates and the stepping aside. And, and when you are at your lowest point, sometimes you need to just redefine your gratitude. Mm-hmm. What am I grateful for? What are the little things? What are the big things? Where have I gotten to? Whatever point of gratitude you can dig up and find, um, whether it's well, I've come a long way from where I was or um, or I have these few people in my life that really make it worthwhile, whatever it is, finding that gratitude and then um, giving some of that gratitude away. So when you light all three candles, the attraction, love, the prosperity, and the money draw, you thank the universe for all that you have. That's where you start is in gratitude and in thanks. Mm-hmm. And then the last breath you took. If you have to get it down to, I'm still breathing, <laughs> or the last smile that you saw, or the last drink of water that you that you took. So... Count your blessings at the beginning and at the end of every day, and in the middle, share them. Now, I'm not telling you to give away your riches, if you have any. I'm not telling you to um, to, to do something outside of, of whatever, because some people get really nervous because I have to give it all away. Or, it, it doesn't matter what you give away, because if you do it from a place of gratitude, it comes back to you. 
And so what I like to do when I'm in a really crappy place and I'm looking to expand my abundance, what I do is is opportunities always present themselves to help somebody feel their own abundance or help somebody get through their tough times or um, or find their own gratitude. And and that's where I like to kind of get in under the hood and, and help and, and do a little something. And... Um, or when things are kind of uncomfortable. Um, it's you When you come from a place of gratitude and thanks and you give from that energy, abundance abounds. Prosperity, cash flow abounds. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So seven days of this, so just seven days. Just take the next seven days, whether you light these candles or not, um, wake up in the morning, find your gratitude, And before you go to bed, give thanks for still being around and find your gratitude. And do something for someone in the middle. You're going to be a completely different person in seven days with your attitude. You You will shake your foundation and your doors will be open. And you will come across um, a part of you that you didn't know you had. I promise you because I've been doing this for the past seven days, and that's exactly what has happened. And and it's not all pretty. I mean, I had some really hard breakthroughs. I had some times where I really was like, it's like, what am I even doing here? But it put it in a different perspective, and and the amount of, of um, giving that I've experienced has not been in cash, but it's been in, in wisdom. And it's not been people wiser than me coming into the the game. It's people who maybe are my um, coworkers or people that work for me or 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 even strangers. I was able to listen to that the piece of wisdom they brought the different perspective. So it's just been it's been amazing. That's the spell. Yeah. How about that? Your spell is to give thanks. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that I think is. Um, important in regards to using this spell as well, okay? And one of the things that people may realize as they've been going through this process um, with these candles um, is that they're actually asking for too little. Mm -hmm. So it may be a particular point in which you may want to um, look at and revise and ask yourself some inner questions in regards to why it is that you are um, uh, asking for too little. Why is it that, um, uh, you know, you just want the immediate problem to go away or you just want um, this. It may be a good time to be kind of inward um, in regards to that. Mm -hmm. Which may help to create a particular um, breakthrough as well, you know, because that, you know, it is, like I said, especially if people are going through really hard times, it is, during that darkest period that um, we can ask for the biggest miracles. And it's also where we're able to tap into Bina Consciousness. Now, Bina Consciousness is way up on the tray, okay? So basically, you're skipping that process called Zeranpin, which is the sixth uh, Sephirot above Melchut, um, which is the process. So what you're able to do during Hanukkah, Jackie, is you're able to go straight from the physical world to be that consciousness, which is straight light, um, and skip the process. Huh, that's, and that's the miracle. Yeah, that's the miracle. 
Mm-hmm. You know, not having to go through the particular process of something. You know, and if you think about it, if somebody has a technical, you know, miracle, um, uh, you know, that they go to, uh, the, let me get, just give a, a broad example. You go to the doctor, the doctor says, God forbid, you have um, uh, uh, uterine cancer. You go home, you start plotting your surgery. You go to the, the doctor again, and uh, he says, you know what, I, I really don't know what was wrong with the last the MRI and pap smear and everything, but right now it's showing that you're clear. Now you have gone through a miracle. That is a miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you have skipped the entire process of what somebody that had cancer is going to go through um, in regards to surgery, in regards to chemotherapy, in regards to radiation, you know, the whole particular process. Um, so it is during this particular time, especially during Hanukkah, um, uh, that we can skip that particular process and go straight um, to the miracle. Great. Right? That's yeah. amazing. And that's that That's that um, concealed light. Yeah, the Or Haga News. Yeah. Repeat after Brilliant. me. <laughs> I, I love this. I love coming... Um, to these things from these different perspectives. So, I mean, last year we had Lorian on and we talked a lot about solstice and, and the, the night of light. Mm-hmm. And I just find it, and then you, you this year you even talked about how Sagittarius, which is the um, sign that rules this time of year, well, it makes total sense that this is the night of light all over the world. Yes. Because Sagittarius is about um, higher illumination, higher yes. studies. Um and so it makes complete sense that the entire world will put the same thing around this time, just like um, Halloween Day of the Dead being being at the time of, of Scorpio. And it just, no matter what your tradition is, no matter why you, you do this, it, it is this is a time of miracles. Mm-hmm. Solstice talks about the miracle of, of finding the divine again. Yes. In, in times of, of your most, I mean, if you think about it, Solstice is all about in your darkest moment, it's in the, the darkest, darkest night, of the year. night, the sun rises again. Yes. Con- concealed light. This is the whole thing. This is this is the whole thing, and it all kind of comes together. I get so excited when, when the pieces come together, and we get to come from so many perspectives at the same time and share this and say, do you see? Do you see how it's all the same stuff in the long run? We're all going to the same place, which is a deeper connection with our Creator. It's really, really interesting because if you look at the themes, you know, what what we've been talking about today, Jackie, we've focused on the themes of paganism, we focused on the themes of Judaism, we focused on the themes of even Hanukkah having a connection to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, because if it wasn't for Tamar, there would be no Jesus. Um, uh, right. Uh, and, well, even, even the story of Jesus' birth, mm-hmm. Is all about bringing the light, Jesus being the light to earth yeah. during a very dark time, during a time of, of oppression, during a time of, of poverty. And it's coming from a time, I mean, Mary and Joseph were poor, poor, you know, in, in the way that, that they told me the story, although I don't necessarily think that they were so totally poor. But, um, but but there's, I mean, if you think about all the things that were taught about Jesus coming during this time, the birth the birth of Jesus, the reason for the season, um, then then it's the same stuff. 
Well, if you th- if, if you want to get really risque, Jackie, and of course I'm going to get some letter from some pagans um, in regards to this, is that um, uh, Jesus, in many ways, is the birth of the Holy God. Yes. A pagan might be after us now. Um, <laughs> now they're going. Oh, truth, there's Tom. You got it. You got it. It all comes back to paganism. Well, I think the thing is, is that there is a spontaneous connection to the energy, to the light. Yes. That that you know, like we we talked about how when we was going through Tishuvana, wow, this is like it's like the uh, twelve steps of AA. And when I talked to some other AA folks, and I said, and I mentioned that, and they go. Yeah, but you know, if you go to the Buddhist principles, they sound just like the twelve steps of AA. And if you look at these principles, they just not sound just like the twelve steps of AA. So there is like a spontaneous connection to all of these things where it just makes sense. Well, I, th- I think inside human beings that there is a deep need for, um, or a deep thirst of the spirit. Um, regardless what your belief system is. Mm-hmm. And some people may not even call it a spirit, um, but there is a deep thirst for something, no matter what your belief system is. Um, uh, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people, you know, have uh, have even asked me, Jackie, well, you know, don't your Kabbalistic and religious beliefs kind of... Um, uh, uh, not mix with... Jackie's paganism, and I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not real religious. Um, uh, and second of all, no. Because yep. they really don't. No, we really um, we really have found so much in, uh, of commonality, so many commonalities in our journey that that it just, again, it continues to affirm. We're, we're all doing the same stuff. And it all comes down to the same stuff, which is, which is leading the best life we can lead. Taking a a, a little quote from Oprah, leading your best yeah. life, which I I hate to say it, but that's a great statement. Yeah, she comes up with great statements all the time. Is that her? Or people do. Yeah, her people are like amazing. So it's pretty interesting. So Jackie, tell me what's going on with you this weekend. Oh yes, I I'm I am diligently, fastly. Of, uh, getting ready to go to Delaware to the Between the Worlds conference. I'm teaching two classes. I'm teaching a class on candle magic, and I'm teaching a class on Akashic Records uh, Soul Parts class. And I'm driving. So it's a 10-hour drive. We're leaving about midnight um, tomorrow night. And um, I just didn't want to have to get a hotel room. So um, yeah. drive, uh, myself and uh, B, who is one of my salespeople, we're going out there, and we're going to sell some candles and some stuff. I'm going to teach some classes. Is I'm so excited. Is on Google Circle? Yes. Okay, okay. And um, Christopher Penzik is going to be out there, and um, who else is going to be out There's some really heavy hitters. Um, and if you're interested in looking up the Between the Worlds, you want to go to um, a website called sacredwheel.org and then look up the Between the Worlds Interfaith Conference. Excuse me. Um, now, here's the thing about Between the Worlds is, is it's not, this is not necessarily a 101 mm-hmm. um, um, pagan thing. This is about going much deeper. And this Between the Worlds only happens during a certain um, uh, planetary alignment. So it doesn't happen every year. 
So the qualities of the workshops and the rituals are really, really deep. Um, it's an intermediate or advanced level in the spiritual studies. So um, it's not a yearly event. So I'm not sure when the next one would be, but I, I'm just I'm super excited. Um, I get to south. I get to be. I get to hang around some really cool people. I'm hoping um, Christopher's partners will be there too. They're uh, just Steve and Adam are just great folks. Um, and again, it's just a quality of of people where it's like we've been around the rodeo one or two or twenty times, so we just love the path that we're on. Yeah, it's about the path, not the ego, at that point. And um, uh, and Evo Dominguez, who owns Bell Book and Candle out in Delaware, he is, I think, one of the smartest people I know. He is at, at your level of smart, Storm. Oh, I'm not. And worried. he's. <laughs> and and he's rebuilding um, the Alexandrian Library. Mm-hmm. That's one of his projects, the Alexandrian Library project. It's an amazing guy. Um, so it's going to be a collection of um, as many spiritual works as possible. And it's a, this great geometric dome kind of thing. I don't, I don't know, it's just like, wow, to have that much passion and drive to do something like that, to dedicate your life to that is is just pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I'm I'm super excited. You guys should go to um, uh, sacredwheel.org, look up Between the Worlds. And uh, if you're in the on the East Coast and you're anywhere near Delaware this weekend, it's worth it. Totally worth it. And we have to go. I know. We're all done. We're done. Well, I wish you could join me this weekend. Next time. Next time. Um, <laughs> make sure that you guys go, go over to www.coventrycreations.com to sponsor the show and uh, check out all of the candle lines that we have to offer. Remember, get your orders in this week at the latest. I'm not going to mention it next week because it's going to be too late. Get your orders in now in regards to your candles for Christmas. Um, And Jackie, in the meantime, what have I need to do? Every day, every moment of every day, every trouble, every issue you have, every moment of of joy and grace, you just got to keep it magic. Speak life, everybody. We'll see you next week. Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Do it crazy, amazing. We can turn our hearts through the words we say.
like rain When you speak life with the words you say Raise your thoughts a little higher 